0: Is there feedback in terms of like what type of subject they want to hear? Or?
1: Uh, sometimes. We once tried doing a and a episode. We ended up, I think, scrapping it. But maybe we should try it again. That would be nice. Like you're reading off of a comment. Somewhere. Well, we, we would solicit questions on okay. Twitter and then tell people to email us. And then if they send us something, then we can, you know, spend an episode answering those questions.
0: And then when you first started, I have more questions, I guess. But uh, if... When you first started, did you have, like, a, um, a certain vision? And has that vision vision
1: changed over uh, time after
0: 100-plus episodes? I don't
1: think so. I think we're tanking it. This is funny. Now You now I feel like I'm getting interviewed. Here. I know. Like, I guess i starting like, his own podcast here. No, I'm just... I'm kind of used...
0: I guess I'm used to being on that side. Like, it's it's strange to kind of... Um, that someone would actually care about... I mean, maybe this is probably part my upbringing, right? Where you're just... Um, you're used to caring what other people thought as opposed to your own thoughts no that's
1: a good quality more people should be listeners as opposed to talkers i um, guess so but it's like i feel like our stories need to be heard too
0: because it's just as important there's just not that many out there oh yeah oh definitely so, definitely i mean yeah every, everyone I'm else should be listeners yeah.
1: except for us we should be the talkers
0: <laughs> yeah right. yeah i mean this yeah i mean it's just uh it's what i'm used to i've always felt like i was like i had i had no choice but to listen in a way
1: escape from plan a hey ox 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 ox
0: ox escape, escape, escape.
1: from plan a Listeners, this is your host chris uh formerly known as oxford i don't know how long i gotta keep saying that until people catch on but i think this is only the third episode in which i've come on as chris so i'll keep saying it uh this is your latest escape from planet episode i'm joined here by nate what's up nate how's it going Yeah, we we got a lot to talk about this episode. and Oh, before we go on, I really haven't done this in a long time, but hey, let me pitch the Patreon to you. Um, If you guys want to become a patron, please go to www.patreon.com slash planamag. Uh, You will receive a whole bunch of bonus episodes starting from now on, and plus the backlog of all the episodes we've done, the bonus ones we've done so far. You also get access to our Discord, and all your money will go into a fund, which we mostly use to pay our guest writers. So you'll be, uh, if you like our content, uh, you'll be directly contributing to that. So please go become a patron. All right. So Nate, uh, we're hanging out today, and we wanted, I, uh, we wanted to do this pod because when we first, actually no, uh, before we go on, uh, tell the listeners a bit about yourself, what you do, where you're from, just your whole like, just your whole uh, bio.
0: See, I grew up in Northern California, about thirty minutes north of San Francisco and then moved here about moved to new york about eight years ago and um i'm a filmmaker was doing a lot of stuff in media and now i'm trying to pivot to screenwriting so that's in a nutshell what i'm doing
1: yeah uh like approximately how old are you if you don't want to give your uh, no i don't mind 36 36 going
0: to 37 this year oh
1: well happy eventual birthday yeah yeah it's coming up uh, so, what got you into filmmaking? Like, what uh, did you go? Were you one of those people like straight from high school, like I want to go into this, or was it more of a circuitous path?
0: Um, yeah, I probably started really early on in high school. I was taking film courses, uh, which was kind of rare for a high school to offer it, but they had a uh, a public access channel inside the school, and they so I just watched a ton of films. But I didn't really think it was like a a viable option for a career. I mean, my parents didn't really encourage me necessarily. They were, you know, I went to a UC and uh, and uh, they wanted me to study something that I could probably find a, a decent job, you know?
1: When you say your parents weren't supportive, were they just, they just stayed out, and said, oh, you're kind of on your own or did they actively oppose you?
0: No, I wasn't active. It was more like you should have another option, have some alternatives. you just doesn't work out
1: like what, what was their professional background
0: um my dad was a pharmacist and my mom was a. um she worked for a um a christian organization as a broadcast like radio broadcast oh interesting uh okay. producer oh okay. but that was kind of part-time mm-hmm. like so
1: yeah is there so if people want to check out your work is there a site that could go to or links you could provide well i, I could... can
0: just provide links but it's i mean it's a catalog of stuff right so i started with music documentaries then started my own company, and it was more of music documentaries and working with brands, a lot of branding content. Okay. But this is before, but but this is kind of before like branding content became a thing. It wasn't called that. It was just like, let's collaborate on something. Like we have a brand, you you have a brand, and then we'll work on it. And it was and it was pretty big brands like Adidas and like uh, Google and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then when I moved to New York, yeah, I guess creatively we're going different directions like my partners my business partners so we split and then um then I started working for complex and then I guess my goal with complex at that time they just pivoted to video from the magazine side uh was to kind of make a viral a a viral video or viral series like that was the whole initiative for that company anyway at that time I mean this was what 2013 2014 and uh and then yeah then I was able to launch or create or help create a uh, hot ones which was kind of nice
1: uh, in case <laughs> listeners don't know what what is hot ones
0: hot ones is just this sh- interview kind of campy show where people eat or celebrities eat um progressively hot sauce
1: wings yeah and I-, I think we've all probably crazy. seen some clip of that on youtube yeah you probably like on a like, like a 3 a.m <laughs> like <laughs> yeah.
0: binge watching you're you're kind of stoned or something yeah well, uh, <laughs> it's a so, fun show so, um, I mean, I, honestly, I thought it would... I mean, in my mind, it was kind of like a troll show in
1: the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really Cause, think cause it was going to be... You you're just want <laughs> to punk celebrities, make them cry, that yeah. kind of thing.
0: Yeah, or or my idea was like, let's make a show that's kind of based off of, like, the who wants to be a millionaire, mm-hmm. like, format. But but it wasn't... I mean, when we first started, I don't think it was, it was going to be... It wasn't like this grand idea, like, okay, after five years, it's going to be this, you know? So... I think we were just like throwing a lot of stuff on the wall, and hopefully, one sticks. And that was the idea that stuck. And I, I was always kind of surprised because I didn't, I don't, I don't know. I, I think people really found it very charming or something, right? Or very endearing. Or I don't know. I, I always thought it was just kind of like this silly show. <laughs> like you, you don't really know what's going to launch, I guess. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the one that people are going to remember you by.
1: Are Are you a hot wings guy? Do you like going to those? challenge things and
0: no i i I can handle it but at at like that level like the hot the one when it gets really hot like it it's really it's really bad yeah at
1: that point (laughs) it's no longer it's not fun it's not fun it's 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 almost like uh drinking drano and trying to survive or something right you might as well it's it's just a bad chemical you're putting in your mouth
0: it's definitely real like the, the the celebrities are definitely feeling that
1: yeah and and you said you're trying to pivot more to screenwriting now
0: yeah yeah after that around 2006 i i just felt like i should write more it was it was just like a new challenge that i wanted to face what would that look like and i, mean, I don't know it's 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 quite daunting i don't know yeah it's not it's not as easy as i thought probably when i first came into it but um <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah what are some of the movies or writers or directors you take inspiration from and you hope that uh, your stuff wouldn't look exactly like theirs, but just kind of in the same vein. Mm, like lately, yeah. Um, I think Gaspar Noe. Okay. Do you know him? I meant to see his latest movie because his his tra- the trailer for it was everywhere. The one where everyone's at a party and they drink yeah, climax. St- uh, yeah, yeah, that one looked crazy.
0: Yeah, and there's another one called Enter the Void. It's just about this like like this DMT tip or DMT trip, I guess. Oh, right? oh okay um in japan anyway i don't want to spoil it i just think like he he is kind of like Mm post-capitalistic in his films uh in a sense that like i think for us to think of a a world that's beyond capitalism like the world that we're living in right now we we have to kind of enter this state of mind that (laughs) that that altered. yeah oh i see i see and um uh, to unlock to unlock the that idea to unlock like our because right now we're just kind of trapped in it in my mind like there's just really no way out
1: all right right, that's that's really cool but we are here not to talk about movies exactly but um so when we first met and we were all just telling each other our life stories i i really found your your life story pretty interesting and and our listeners will find out why soon enough Uh, so this podcast is all about how uh, essentially, how, how the Trump election change things a lot for us? And we thought this was a very timely thing to do with the primaries underway. Just yesterday, a South Carolina primary, uh, Democratic primary happened. Nate, did you pay any attention to that? Yeah, I was kind of surprised Biden won. I wasn't surprised he won, but I logged on. I think I was, I was trying to get onto one of those news networks to watch it. And I think it was around 7 ish or whenever the polls closed, they are like, oh, yeah, Biden won. It's like, oh, that was very anticlimactic. I thought it would at least be a few like an hour or so but yeah he went he went pretty handily now it just complicates things more for the anti-Bernie crowd because Mayor Pete and and the club were supposed to be the alternatives but they did so badly here and in Nevada so now Biden's back even though he did so badly in Iowa and New Hampshire so so he's all muddled and then Elizabeth Warren is kind of in the back there trying to trying to get attention so I think I think it's it's just gotten more of a mess. But yeah, I was I was not surprised he won. I was surprised how easily he won, though. But right. then again, I wasn't paying too much attention to it anyway.
0: I mean, I guess I just don't know any South Carolinians to talk about it. Right? Like I just had no idea what their issues are. So yeah,
1: but again, it just made
0: me ve- feel very naive about what's going on. <laughs> yeah in
1: america but again we are also not here to talk about electoral <laughs> politics sure. uh as is but so uh as i said uh when i first met you nate you were telling me how about as the trump election happened t- tell the tell the listeners where you were living at the time
0: i was on a, a norwegian farm <laughs> uh, yeah uh, what what kind of farm exactly it was a it was a wild Norwegian sheep farm. All right, the Norwegian sheep farm. Yeah, yeah
1: that, that'll get someone's attention.
0: <laughs> so I was I was there, and I didn't think too much about the elections, right? Um, okay, okay, let's back up okay. a bit. Uh, how, do, how the hell did you end up there? Yeah, so I quit my job in 2016 to shoot this film in Norway on a farm. So it was right around that time. And I think in my mind, I was testing to see if I, it was a place I wanted to move. Like, I, I was dreaming of all these, like, scenarios where I would just, like... Be very like, I don't know. Just open up a, a small cafe and just live by you know live on the farm and, or live in the hotel or something like yeah, that. Farmers
1: need caffeine, yeah. <laughs>
0: and just kind of like escape from, I don't know, just the the rat race, I guess. Uh-huh. But um so I was there I was shooting film, and then yeah, we were just watching the elections. But it's like six or five, five or six hours ahead. So by the time it started we were i think we were it was like getting pretty late so we were just gonna crash but i think at that time trump already won florida so that was already a sign so i was just thinking like okay this is this is gonna be a joke right like he's not gonna and but i fell asleep and i woke up and it's like fuck he won Mm -hmm. but i don't yeah i guess in my mind i was i wasn't really thinking about not that i wasn't thinking about returning i think i think i was gonna return at some point but i didn't think like um that I would have such a, a reaction to it. Like, I I think it made me realize how naive I was and how little I knew about
1: America. Oh, well, when you say naive, what were your thoughts before? Like, what was your mindset before this all happened?
0: You know, I just grew up on the coast, right? So California and in New York. So my bubble was just that. So I just thought, like, things were, you know, quote-unquote, like, progressing in, in a certain way. But... uh I guess when Trump got elected, I realize uh I don't know, there's just a lot more to it than <laughs> what I saw.
1: It was or did that play a big decision in you wanting to leave there? Like did you said you had that you were there as, as a sort of personal experiment? Was that when you decided, okay, yeah, this is not going to work out?
0: Yeah, it just got me thinking how like I, I felt like I needed to come go back home. Um and I, I don't I still don't really know why. I think I, th- I think there was like a more, a heavier burden, like a, a certain responsibility as as an American <laughs> to come back. I think if I were to go to to Norway and just stay there, it would have been, um, I, I don't know, I felt like the responsibility off my, and I wouldn't have a voice after that. Like I wouldn't be able to complain about anything. Yeah. Or not necessarily complain, but just like contribute.
1: Yeah. And that's what a lot of people always try to do, right? They're always like, I'm going to move to Canada or, I mean, Norway is like super Canada. It's like Canada purified right kind of uh yeah. so you you were kind of in that mindset but i i you were like no fuck that i, I gotta come back and yeah it and, was either to fight like the fight right
0: it was either a fight the fight or like watch it burn it yeah. was like it was either um i i felt like i yeah it was gonna be very polarizing experience no matter what and if me being in norway would have been just like watching from the outside in and it wouldn't be that interesting like or not that it's not interesting it would just be um I, I just, I shouldn't, I I just didn't feel like I would have, I shouldn't say anything if that was the case. I, I felt like if I, if I stayed in Norway, then, then you should just shut up, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
1: that was so, one look, thing. Uh, can you take me through your, just your progress of your, of your political beliefs, uh, w- where you, just kind of like, you know, what, what was your first political cause and what, how did it go from there? Do you remember that? Um,
0: I think I always lean more Democrat, if that's. What you're asking, yeah.
1: Me. But was, was do you remember like a certain incident or a candidate or, uh, as I said, a cause that really got you activated? I feel like everyone has that kind of one thing. I mean, when when
0: Bernie was running in in 2016, I was I was kind of hopeful for sure.
1: Oh, but was that? Would you say that was like your first time that you really got activated?
0: Probably, but maybe because like my my ex at the time, she she came from like a political family. Her her mom was a politician in Norway, so i think i you know by extension i was like i i had to kind of be more engaged mm-hmm. but i don't think i had a moment where like some politician spoke to me and i was like all right this is it like i don't i still don't feel that way maybe i just feel like a little absorbing it and just trying to see where it's going i don't I don't know i, I can I, I wouldn't say like i'm passionate about
1: politics
0: okay. necessarily
1: were you yeah were you yeah because i i remember i remember um the first election i really remember was the remember the disastrous 2000 election and mind you i'm a canadian so i was i was up in vancouver and i just remember uh and i had no idea what the democrats or being a democrat or republican even meant uh and i'm a bit embarrassed to admit this but i remember kind of rooting for george w bush simply because i thought hey a democrat's been in uh the white house for a while might be nice to for the other people i had no idea what the distinction was yeah and um but of course i I that was just it might as well have happened on planet mars you know i i did did not know what the issues were did not care but the first time it really got activated was like 2004 uh and that was really because uh, but by then it, it had seemed like yeah that George W. Bush guy, uh, not th- not good. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was all in it for the for the Democrats to win again. Mind you, as a Canadian, so this was again removed in another country. Yeah. But when I saw Obama speak at the 2004 convention, that's really when he became uh, a national figure. Yeah. And I just remember just thinking that speech was so amazing. In retrospect, you you see some of the lines there, and it's it's very it's very like of its time. Yeah. Uh, I think you needed a speech like that uh, to get us to where we are now. But nowadays, it, it's like Mayor P is, is essentially trying to do that speech again, but 16 years later, and he's a white dude. It's re- so it's like it just does not work on so many levels. But that was the first time I felt really politically engaged, and really, if I look at my whole political arc, it's been so closely tied to Obama to so the point where. Now, in the last couple of years, I've had to really reassess what do I really believe? Was I just like, what, did I just really like the guy, you know, and and everything else was derived from that? I don't want to be like that. That's not a good way to that's not a good way to think about things. But so much of it was was informed by him. So I've been paying attention for a while. Let, let me just say that. Um, yeah. Like, for example, uh, you know, yesterday when they actually called South Carolina it was just like zero percent of the vote uh, called in. Mm-hmm. and every time that happens you'll have a lot of people who i think haven't really paid attention to how these things work they'll be outraged like how can you call the the race with zero percent uh being reported they they don't know about like exit polls and how they can look for pa- historical patterns and pretty much call it with like 100 percent accuracy just based on a few early returns uh and i remember like watching like 2004 you know the the primaries um there so all that kind of stuff i i've been paying attention for a long time but you know, based on the last few years, I feel like all of that's been thrown up in the air. Um, that's kind of why one of the reasons I don't like, until very recently, I haven't talked too much about electoral politics ever since 2016. It's because I feel like it gives you a sense of false uh, confidence when, when, you've, when you're when you too much in the weeds and, and you're just kind of like a political nerd. Like oh yeah, did you know in like 1968 this happened? That's why it'll happen again. Without realizing, you're basing everything on one data point, you know. Yeah. And these elections are so infrequent that there you can't really even predict patterns because they're so the sample size is too small. So I'm just like I'm gonna stay out, try to be a bit more get a bit more perspective. And but this is at 2016 like you were already starting to oh like 2016 i was so fucking confident you know really <laughs> like, okay i remember showing up to uh so a bunch of my friends were watching the the election i brought uh champagne because i i knew i knew hillary would win we were eating mcdonald's oh really Norway.
0: oh really <laughs> uh, you, you mean on the countryside i guess at that point i was in one of the cities oh really yeah i was bouncing around from city to to the farm yeah what, what's the menu like there is it exactly the same uh it's fairly this, I and mean, we got we got like the most classic it was like big macs oh, okay um but they don't had- have they don't have a special ketchup norwegian ketchup norwegian sauce not even that you know it, w- it wasn't like a frequent trip it was just it okay. was just like to to kind of troll i guess the <laughs> the whole election i don't know oh, like, we just like hey let's be american today ah oh, I, see, I see yeah
1: what, what's like the norwegian national dish
0: uh meatballs they have like norwegian meatballs is and it any different potatoes? from regular
1: meatballs um well like
0: you know the Swedish meatballs right?
1: I don't even know what really sets them apart from the, like the gravy meatballs.
0: in my opinion okay. and 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 then the spice but it's pretty I want it's a little bland
1: <laughs> Yeah you don't have, you don't have to hold back <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we can guess that Norwegian food yeah, is probably just a bit meatballs
0: bland. and potatoes uh a lot of like salmon you, know, you hear good. about Norwegian salmon right?
1: Salmon's good yeah
0: Salmon and then uh um, like
1: herring probably Yeah herring, oh, exactly herring,
0: yeah. but I never I don't think I had that I had I had some deer. Oh, venison. venison. Oh. Yeah.
1: I've had it once in my life and it was good. It's good.
0: Uh, a lot of sausages. <laughs> anyway, that's going off on a tangent here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's it is what it is.
1: Yeah. So, you you also had like personal reasons for being in Norway, right? Like your I mean, yeah, are you comfortable I, talking about that? Sure.
0: I mean, I was I was dating someone at the time and then we got engaged and I I I was honestly thinking about moving there.
1: Was so, so you got yeah. engaged before or after you, you went to the sheep farm? After. Okay.
0: But I think I think at that point it was like, I think things were kind of rocky. In my mind and in her mind too, right? So she she was thinking about going back to Norway and I was entertaining the idea. But I think, yeah, once Trump got elected, I felt like I should go back. And it wasn't... I don't know if necessarily it was Trump. It was more so... I mean, it was just a catalyst for it. Like, I don't want to put it on on him. Because, oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> he would have... It's rarely oh do these things spark feelings uh out of nowhere they had to exist and then it just it just accelerates it right
0: yeah yeah you're right yeah i just i just remember feeling when i was out there i felt pretty alone Mm -hmm. like uh, the things i wanted to talk about were not happening in norway the things i was thinking and talking about uh, or i wanted to talk about were happening here in stateside right and, and i would just see like facebook posts about it right like everyone was like very charged and maybe frustrated um but it, i i think yeah it's it's been for the better i think I, I think it's been very uh like everyone's just been talking more right yeah i don't I mean, know that, if you feel that, that
1: way that's the thing i always uh because people will always hold up like norway and the, and the scandinavian countries even canada as these models of, of paradise but you go there, and you do feel very removed from the world, right? And one of the reasons why it's so nice is it's a small insular community where you can live a nice life. Uh, I mean, provided you're accepted. These are also very homogeneous. Societies. Yeah, it's very homogenized. But yeah. the wel-
0: the welfare is really good, like yeah. you know, uh, healthcare and uh, education, and everyone just seems to be very happy. Like I didn't meet anyone that was like troubled or anything everyone just was having a good time
1: (laughs) but but even with canada and i spoke to some um somebody she's i think a vietnamese canadian woman who had just started a podcast in canada and i I listened to a few episodes the name escapes me i will put it in the show notes if i remember (laughs) it later i will say it but uh, we actually uh, messaged each other a few times uh and then she said like i I just feel like uh, asian americans just care more than asian canadians asian canadians Especially if you live in a place like Vancouver that has a pretty big Asian population. It's 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 you know, because of where it is. It's like right across the ocean from, from Asia, so it's about as closest to Asia as you can get in North America. And there's this tendency to be complacent, I think. You got a pretty good But care about what necessarily? Uh, just about like, you know, racial issues, politics, you know, culture, things like that. And that was also one of the reasons why I kinda wanted to get out of Canada and just because it just seemed like yeah there was that tendency to just be complacent because you know you you got your healthcare for you not not I'm not saying that it's we should take it away so people became become more agitated but um, and I think places like these places they their identity so wrapped up in being ranked number one or number two in the United Nations you know best places to live that once you start questioning that the same way that uh, American conservatives get really pissed off when you start questioning, you know, America's role as the city on the hill kind of thing. Uh, I think it's so central to identity, to their identity, especially that Canada doesn't really have much of a national identity. I don't know how nationalistic Scandinavians are. I don't think they are that much. Um, I think it's the same way as Canadians. Yeah, right? it's it's like, yeah, you know, they're, they're, they'll wave their flag once in a while, like they're in the Olympics or hockey or soccer. But... They they like take pride in not being too proud, which is also a type of pride, right? But the the other side of that is there are certain things that they're very protective of. And I think it's this idea that they're, they're like kind of the nicest, most enlightened, cleanest, safest places in the world. And once you start questioning that, I think that's when you start hitting a nerve. Mm. Yeah, I guess,
0: I mean, when I was there, I mean, they were just very critical about everywhere but Norway, right? <laughs> like, they had opinions about everyone else. Uh huh. But, um, nah, there's, there's a sense of humor in, in like Scandinavia where, um, where they can kind of make fun of themselves, but only, only like, they would only get it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it, it's, and it, you can, and like, if you're part of that society, you would be the only ones that are laughing. Uh huh. Um, and maybe that's another part of a reason why I didn't feel like, I couldn't move there. Like, I I felt like I would just be more of an outsider if I didn't feel like an outsider here. Yeah.
1: So... So, you... What would you say, like, was some of the biggest things that changed your mind after the Trump election? Um, Especially with regards to to being Asian and Asian-American.
0: Yeah. I think... um, I think... Maybe the way that you feel about being in America is probably similar. Where it's... I just feel like if I was in in norway it like i'm basically saying that the things that are going on in america weren't were something that i'm like uh like oh this is this and i'm over here now like i've i've gone to you know a certain haven and now i'm protected from it and i i think in my mind i was i probably just didn't want that anymore like i'd rather have i'd rather sh- like uh shoulder the burden then yeah carry the weight i I don't know but like then then kind of live in like my own like utopia that that doesn't really exist i'll probably always just be thinking about america if i was right there
1: but with specifically being asian like before did you ever uh join political groups did you ever think of your like asian america as a political no not
0: not really i was just really focused on how to thrive in the film world you know the media world like i i I was only interacting with like white people and there was no other asians
1: yeah and i think that's something that i've seen a lot of asian-americans ever since that election where i think a lot of us including myself realized that yeah this thing we took for granted that what you spoke of this i don't know this escalator to progress that we thought was just on autopilot and we just had to be along for the ride and and we didn't have to care too much um, because, as I said, it was just all going in, in the direction we wanted so we could afford to think about uh, you know more of our careers or, like, personal lives or et cetera. And we realized, no, that, that, that escalator can just, like, dip uh, at any time. It's not a linear, predictable path. And, I mean, it's no coincidence that Plan A started pretty much months after that election. And, I mean, our feeling was everybody is having to adopt a new mindset and everything so what are asian americans doing like what are what's going to be our way of thinking and we saw some of the stuff that was out there and we're like oh hell no you know this is shit <laughs> we gotta at least put our voices out there give people a choice an alternative to to look at so i mean is, is that how you felt i think so
0: yeah i i think i came back with like um with an idea to find find my tribe Mm -hmm. a tribe that i i don't think i was really part of i i I think i'm still in the middle of it uh, to be honest like i'm it's not like um i I would say like i had an idea going back like i had to go back to america but i I don't think i necessarily had an idea of who the people i would be trying to converse with you know Mm -hmm. like i didn't know i would be talking to you today, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like It wasn't like, oh, yeah, this is the person I wanted to talk Were to. Were
1: you... So, okay, you, you come back to America. You have this vague idea that I, I have to be more active, more conscious. Uh, things are worse than I thought, right? Um, what, like, what kind of people did you start meeting that you felt, okay, this is that tribe that I'm looking for?
0: Yeah, so I guess for me, I didn't really know where to look, right? So it, start, it had to be... And it started probably uh yeah online because i was in norway at the time so i was looking for different spaces that were just talking about this the subjects i was kind of interested in Mm -hmm. and so a lot of it was on reddit on discord and um it started from there and then you know just talking to my friends from from back home yeah that's i yeah i don't know that's Mm -hmm. that's where it started and it still continued i mean i think some of my better friends are still from those places those spaces
1: yeah, I think that's really one of the big social developments of our time is just how how many of our friendships um are are formed online. Uh I mean, I, 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 online dating takes up a lot of our discussion just like as a society, but really I think I think the one probably even more important is online friendships and just the way that people I think now can bond over uh, like shared interests in a way that was never not as possible before because a lot of I think uh back back in the olden days <laughs> olden days uh, you were probably made most of your friends in kind of like high school and college right and then you didn't probably quite know what your real interests were like like when you were like 21 when I was 21 uh the stuff we we have probably some core interests that we still hold on to today but for example all this like Asian American stuff I would have not I would not touch that back then. Uh, so if most of my friends were I was supposed to have found back then, it would be totally different, and I'd probably feel very trapped because I can't talk about it. Now I just go on Twitter. Um, somebody retweets you. Hey, you seem pretty cool. Oh, it turns out you live you live a few blocks from me. <laughs> let's let's meet up. Let's get a drink. Right. That's basically almost how how we met. So. I, th- I think that's a really good thing for the most part then you get some like shady communities that come together <laughs> right so it, that has both its pluses and minuses i think the pluses outweigh the minuses uh in the in the long term but i think before the t- 2016 election i met like one person off of on the, off of the online thing it was, it was a woman i met in the asian american subreddit and i remember it being such a big deal i was like, oh my god i can't believe i'm doing this um this is so odd. Uh, it was exciting, but it was just like, wow, th- you know, these people are real and so. Now, um, I pretty much probably do it like every week if yeah, I want Do you I think it's? It,
0: do you think it's? It is the norm now, just I like th- people meeting. I think so through these niche
1: communities. At least for if you are, if you know how to use Twitter, for example, and and that's that's like not something that's as easy as say knowing how to use like Facebook twitter is a a very specialized type of social media um one of those rare social media things where i think most of the people you interact with are actually total strangers and that's kind of why i like it 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 lets you meet new people i think if you're one of those people yeah i I think it's totally normal now to just you know dm someone be like i like the stuff you're doing you want to grab a drink or let's get coffee or you know just let's have a phone call uh and i think that's how a lot of um, groups including Asian Americans have been getting together that's certainly how Plan A got together we all met through online means none of us would have been able to meet each other through I don't know these like uh, networking Asian American networking events we never would have been able to filter through everyone and find a one in like 20 you know person uh, who's who actually wants to talk about this stuff especially back then uh, I think it's much more common now uh, so yeah I, I think I think it's very com- very common now. Um all right so here here's a question. Okay so okay so you're living on a sheep farm in Norway you're you're engaged to your to yeah. some Norwegian woman. Let's be honest to some Asian Americans uh, you know male female or whatever. You you were you had it made, right? You you were you had a career loved. You're you're living in this great country. Um I don't know. You you have your white partner. Uh, did something change because of Trump where you were like uh oh, you know what this like, like what changed in terms of your like, personal relationship because of the election if anything uh,
0: I mean I don't want to give Trump that much credit <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's living rent free in our, in our
0: heads I mean I think it was attractive I think their society is very attractive it was something I wanted to experience for myself mm-hmm. it's what I want wanted from I was just curious like could could this could this be the closest thing to a haven right like utopia mm-hmm. and I thought I want I wanted I wanted that.
1: Did you also feel like because they're accepting me an outsider uh you know like wow they, they must be pretty pretty chill you know they, they let me in you know.
0: Uh I guess maybe because I was Asian. I mean there's a lot of gypsies too there, you know. So it's not like they accept everyone. Also I was a I was I was a uh a boyfriend of someone that had a lot of power. Just because of the people, the family that she's part of, right? So they're even if they didn't like. I guess on the surface they accepted me, but I don't really know how they felt, right? Like I think maybe Trump kind of like pulled me back and said like, <laughs> "There's a possibility they might not feel that way about you, especially if you're going to a more homogenized country." You know what I mean? I mean they and, and Norway had their own problems, right? Like they have like a a refugee crises and they're still kind of working that out, right? Like and you hear some like um like mass bombings there too from time to time and like
1: Wasn't that guy who killed all those kids on the island? Yeah, that's in Norway uh, too. Anders what was his name? Anders Brev Maybe we shouldn't say his name, yeah make him famous, whatever. Every every what yeah talking he, about. he yeah. went after like the youth
0: of that yeah. political party, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean exactly. Right. So there there are pockets of that in Norway, just like anywhere else. Mm-hmm. But it, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't the reason why I wanted to. It, it was, yeah, it was nice. But it, you know, at at the end of the day, it's still like a personal experience, right? Like it's still up to me. And on a personal level, like things just like we wanted different things, just like any other relationship. Yeah. So, um, and there's no hard feelings. Like, still, you know, still we still talk from time to time, and yeah,
1: like it wasn't
0: like a bad breakup
1: or anything. Mm-hmm did you find that this new desire to you know come back to America be part of a more right like, like I had like a more purpose
0: like yeah. i really wanted
1: to find asian American friends yeah did that, did you find also that affected the kind of personal relationships you wanted like romantic relationships yeah
0: pro- yeah I think so well I, I think in my mind i I just felt like if I was uh gonna date someone outside of that there there would there would be an end to it like like even now like if I'm on a date with someone that's not asian like i i feel like um in my mind i know like it's 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 gonna end like I, <laughs> not not in like a negative way just like i know that there's only gonna be so much mm-hmm. i want to do with this person and then
1: is, is it a yeah. feeling like there's only so much i can expect this person to understand and that naturally puts like a hard cap on how like meaningful our relationship can be is it something like that I mean, that could be part
0: of it, but I think it's just a personal preference, you know? Like, it's just, it's more so, like, I, I just know for myself, I don't, like, I, I just, in my mind, it's not going to be long term. Like, I don't, I, I don't see, like, a potential further than, like, I don't know. Right, but but <laughs> well, wh- know what I mean? why is that, though? There must be a reason for that. Well, it just probably because of my own desires, like, what I want now, right? So, like, what I want now, I want, I want to talk about things that yeah oh, okay. that, exactly. yeah I, I know what you're, get, you're getting yeah, at, yeah and, and you're like and you
1: think that with a with a non-Asian person that's gonna be pretty much impossible
0: you can talk about it but it's kind of like the, it's there's a buffer to it right like they're they're gonna only be able to kind of recognize a certain part of it and they'll try to relate to it but then they'll just be like well that's your issue
1: and that's no exactly though yeah chances are they'll be you know, they'll be like they'll nod their head and they'll probably be like, "Oh yeah, that's that's so true." And then, part of you also wants them to push back because I don't want you just agreeing with me all the time because that's that's what you, that's what you do when you kind of like don't care, <laughs> like, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure you're right. Um, but then obviously, if they disagree too much and totally deny what you're saying, like, "Whoa, that's like now you're just now you're just like being stubborn." So yeah, I think because like in my personal life um, with 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 my ex. It was the first time I really experienced what it was like to date an Asian woman who was really open to talking about this stuff, knew all the you know, all the stuff that we kinda of talk about with with respect to race and identity and culture. I obviously I dated Asian women before, but before it was what I really like I never had issues about, you know, dating within the same race. I've always been, you know, attracted to Asian women and, you know, all that. What I didn't like though was the idea that there was really nothing more to being with an Asian besides like superficial stuff, like the food or preserve your language. Um, but also not like preserving your language so you understand your history and and your like the politics of your motherland more. Just more of like understand a language so you when you like go and talk to your in-laws they'll understand it. I found that very superficial and it felt like it was more of it just did not seem like a particularly good reason to. Stay within your group, and to be honest, it felt kind of like compensating for being excluded. Especially as like, an Asian guy, You're like, okay, well, you know, if if you had a chance, you, you might want to like upgrade to a white partner, but you can't, so you know, be with an Asian, and hey, at least at least you'll be able to go get Korean barbecue together. That it just did not feel very, that just did not feel very like noble or exciting or anything. Then I meet someone with whom. I can talk about this stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is great. And I think that's what, I mean, we've potted about this concept of yellow love before. And I think before, uh, I mean, not us, but I think the way it's usually been talked about is like trying to value, say, Asian aesthetics. Like, oh, you know, love your eyes, love your nose, love your skin tone kind of thing, which is important as well. But I think you have to go deeper than that. It's like, because, you know, if you make it about the food, you know, anybody can learn how to cook Asian food. And and the aesthetics. I mean, that's all. I think that's it's a big part of it. I, I think, but it's more of a, more of a symptom kind of thing. Where if you really dislike your ethnic features, it's probably because you have issues with your identity. Um, so it's again, it's more of a symptom than a cause. But I think to truly understand what this like whole yellow love thing is, you ha- you, you should want to be with someone who can talk about that stuff, because they've lived that experience that nobody else has, and and it especially as like a second generation Asian American who, you know, you had this big gulf of experience with your parents in a way that you will not have with your kids if you have any kids, because you will have been born here, they will have been born here, whatever. And your parents didn't experience that as well because their parents were born in Asia or whatever, they were born in Asia. But like we second generation people, we were the only ones who had that that big gap. Uh so when we're always talking yearning for people to understand us doesn't it not make the most sense that you would find another asian-american who experienced that and before you had this like nonsense where a lot of asian-americans would try to were basically trying to find their white woke bay you know (laughs) they're like oh you know i i i want to find like a partner and i want them to understand them but then usually there was I don't know. I, I think at least with the people who write stuff, who get published and, and write books and articles, they're always like with a white person, like why that, that doesn't really make sense. But then if you bring that up, you get called like a racist or whatever. So. Right. I think, I think, yeah, exactly. Like
0: the, these relationships are a little bit more unfiltered. You can kind of speak your mind and not worry about like, well, what, where are they going to think about it? Like you can kind of just say it and then you, you can kind of, not that you, you assume, but you can, they, I think there's like a level of respect where, They'll know that, like, okay, well, he comes from, you know, this type of lineage, so they're going to think this way, and, like, this, they were brought up in America, so, I mean, I think there's just more nuance to it, as opposed to someone that's just kind of ha- coming from a, like, a clean slate, and they're just like, okay, well, that's just your opinion, right? Yeah. So, I think there's just, like, there's more history, there's more nuance, and, the, yeah, the conversations are more interesting in that sense, but, yeah, I don't know, like, I, I'm still kind of trying to figure that out, like... I've been now I've been single for two years and I feel like I'm just dating like a spectrum, like a, like a pretty wide spectrum of Asian people, whether they're like international or born here. And yeah. I'm just like, and I, not that I'm like, it sounds bad, but like, I feel like not that I'm like gathering information, but I'm trying to figure out my own. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out my own. I don't know if identity is the right word, but I'm just trying to figure out like, what do I
1: value in someone, you know? I'd be fascinated, like some very like confessional type because I've heard some other podcasts where people have have really actually like broken up with their non-Asian, I think often white partners because of Trump. They realized uh, all the little stuff that they've been putting up with from from them or maybe their families, their, their like white uh, families Um is like after Trump it's like okay, it's I can't tolerate that anymore. If I respect myself, then they they can They have this like conversion moment. Where like, why don't I start trying to date Asian? So I I I wonder how common that is. I would really like to hear more of it because yeah. like because with me it, it wasn't quite that. It was more like it it wasn't like I I was avoiding dating Asians, but now I want to try it. It's more like now I I want to like date more like selectively Asian, where people who yeah. like who are you know have opinions on politics and have that that kind of like fighting attitude when it comes to fighting for like asian-american causes and issues and things like that
0: yeah i don't think i i mean even when i was engaged it wasn't like i i mean i've dated asian people before so Mm -hmm. it wasn't like that was like completely different now right like i think for now but now it's very very conscious where it's like i I, I know that there's more of a potential in my mind, mm-hmm. right? That this may work out, and, and and working out doesn't necessarily mean like marriage or anything. It's just more like the depth of conversation or the things that I'm thinking about or the things I want to talk about. Like they're gonna have something to say, and I'm I'm gonna be curious about it. Whether they were born in you know in China or Korea, it, it's just like I I care about that. Their opinion about what they think about America or. Or something that I lacked, uh, not knowing anything about, you know, China or Hong Kong.
1: Yeah. Uh, but with those prior relationships with Asian women, how, how open were you about talking about race and politics and things like that?
0: It's just not a, dis- no one was talking about it. Yeah, it,
1: yeah no, the yeah, same. I, um, <laughs> it wasn't like a, it wasn't a big priority. Yeah, it's, it was probably like considered weird or rude, right?
0: Or just like, yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, they weren't in, in those type of professions to begin with. Um, Wait, what do you mean? What those kinds of like? They were just like you know, either a businesswoman or like in fashion, or right?
1: But w- these are not. I mean, you don't have to say be a politician to care about, uh, you know, just like Asian American issues. I mean, d- these are based right. on our lived experiences. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so. I think
0: yeah, as as a community, we were probably more apolitical political at that point, yeah. right? Like we and just weren't thinking. Well,
1: about when I say it. political, I don't mean uh, who you're gonna vote for. Political, I just mean just just caring about society.
0: Yeah, we probably didn't. Like you we're know, so I, yeah, yeah. yeah we're just probably in in survival mode right like we're just tr- thinking about ourselves and how we can like move up whatever career we were in like it was very simple or, now now we're thinking well, I think now we're thinking a little more holistically yeah. right or I yeah.
1: think with someone like me um, and I'm sure I'm not alone in thinking like this we had a lot of faith in the system especially like say like the democratic establishment especially if um, someone like me I I'd identify very heavily with someone like Barack Obama saw in him the ultimate triumph of the like outsider minority making it in the system and whatever so we we, so so i just said okay um okay they know what they're doing so (laughs) let's uh i I don't need to like rock the boat too much um and i just think of myself like back in like 2015 and, and 2016 uh versus now and just how much faith i've lost in that system um is uh it's quite eye-opening for myself to look at do you think if hillary was elected then it would just
0: continue on that oh
1: yeah hillary wins no plan a probably (laughs) um and i i probably i i I don't even want to see that's the thing it's like did i want trump to win no you know ideal world trump never even gets the nomination but then i also think if if Hillary had won or Joe Biden or whoever uh would have just continued on as is uh from the prior like mainstream democratic liberal mindset. Oh, I I kinda don't wanna think I, I think I probably would have had this awakening moment, but probably like ten years later, you know? Maybe when it's like too late, when you're kinda like old and too settled down to really do anything about it. So that also I yeah you know I will never say i'm I'm glad Trump won, but when you're trying to find the best out of bad situations, I do at least hang on to well, you know it kind of accelerated my and a lot of other people like you and other Asian Americans, other minorities hell other white people too uh just just realizing just just what what the world is actually like.
0: Yeah, like for me, I wasn't a Hillary supporter. I was more, I was on Burn. I was, on, I was gonna I was, I was, I was gonna vote for Bernie if he was gonna, you know, absentee ballot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think once he lost, I was like, eh. and then now that he's running again, I don't know. It was the things have changed. Like his message is still the same, but like for me personally, I, I, I don't, I don't care about that as much. I think I care more about just like my the tribe, oh, yeah, <laughs> so to speak. Like I just want to make sure that everyone that i you know uh that are asian american like they're being heard mm-hmm. like i want their voice to be heard and that's about it yeah and I, I mean i think it would be interesting if bernie did win um it would be a very different uh it's not something i really would expect but it's interesting that he's kind of I guess leading right now, but
1: yeah, Super Tuesday is in a few days. That will be very like for example, he's dominating right now in California. I think he's actually leading among Asian Americans in California. Yeah, um, but it's just a little bit surprising. I think. So, oh, what? Because that he's leading among Asian Americans. Yeah, well,
0: just like four years later, now everyone's like, okay, now we're Bernie supporters. You
1: know, what I mean? think a like, lot of it is well because after twenty sixteen, the the establishment that beat him has been so discredited and there has no there's been no real al- alternative right because you look at the bidens and the mayor peets and and the Klobs, they're really just tweaks on on hillary clinton which has already lost exactly um yeah. i think what people are really pissed off about even if they're not that strong on you know democratic socialism or social democracy whatever you want to call bernie's ideology i think a lot of people are actually also motivated by just why are these people, and by these people I mean uh, the mainstream Democrats, why do they not face consequences for their failures? And you see this, the same type of anger against like Wall Street uh, for the fact that they got their bailouts. You see this constant failing upwards among the people in the in crowd. And I think a lot of the people who weren't Bernie supporters four years ago, including myself, uh, who are now much more form, is, um, among other things, a, a strong reaction to that unfairness. Like, w- when you have, like, two competing things, and one just is, one loses, shouldn't the other one at least get a chance? Especially when the thing that lost probably cheated the other one. Like, if you look back at the 2016 primary, there are a lot of shenanigans going on. You know, I was kind of in denial back then. But, yeah, there, there was a lot of shit going on. So, at least give the other guy a shot just by the, Principles of fairness, even if you don't necessarily agree with his platform, because like in the end, um, you know, Medicare for all versus Medicare for all in five years versus public option, it's like all kind of in the same ballpark. And and really, the the more you look at this, like especially on Twitter drama, it's it's a lot of people, like a lot of personal issues, um, professional rivalries. Like, oh no, if like Bernie wins, it's gonna be his political operatives his media supporters that are going to get all the cushy jobs and i'm going to be out. that's what it's really about uh i, I think yeah it's, it's rare i think it's much less about the issues than we like to pretend that's something i also learned uh since 2016 like people just get very lot of them just make it all about themselves you know it's like oh i, I don't like bernie because he reminds me of of some some guy i hate (laughs) you know that's what people childish people get you know so right they'll
0: vote for people just because like optically they look kind of interesting or like i like the way they speak yeah and and often dig deeper in the policies maybe you would think differently
1: yeah and as i said the policies can be nice it might make it might be a tiebreaker but that's i don't think that's how most people operate yeah yeah um anything else related to this we should discuss you call it yellow love. I don't think of it. I never used the word yellow. Right. And and I'm and, and why don't we? You know, it we're so afraid of it. I don't know. I, I, I have my own theories about why why we're not allowed to use that word. I think there is this fear of uh this like racial consciousness among um,
0: Well, I just don't think we're monolithic in that sense, right? Like we're not we're not we're very nuanced. Like every like there's so many different generational nuance like if you're third generation it's very different than in first generation and then you can come from like korea and i mean i don't want to compare it to anybody else right but like it, it's it's not like we're yellow even right like we have well, like a different like, shade of white well <laughs> or like, beige like black
1: or, like nobody's very few people are actually black and and if you look at black you've got um you know, got like the ADOS people uh in descendants of slaves. You got Caribbean immigrants. You got African immigrants. Yeah, you've got immigrants from other, uh from like Europe and stuff. But you know, they they're comfortable talking about it. So I, yeah. you want to adopt it? I th- I think it's I think it's a concept that is duh, like obvious. But I I think whatever you want to call it, like political correctness or something, we're like. Even the word Asian, I've, I mean, I've ranted about this a lot and wrote about it. Even the term Asian, it's like, why are we the only racial group that uses a geographical term to denote our racial identity? And it it, it always ends up with the same pointless discussion about who's Asian and who's not. Uh, when, you know, Asia is this massive continent of like four billion people. Of course, it's, it's too clumsy uh, a term to denote. What we really mean when we say Asian is kind of like East and most Southeast Asians, you know, people who uh, have just like certain appearance, certain stereotypes that they're are all in common. But then people come in and say, you know, like technically, like Israel's technically Asian, you know. I mean, it's like in, in the Middle East, which is technically Asian. <laughs> um, you you really got, you really want to argue that like Ashkenazi Jews are Asian based on that same standard? It's ridiculous, and I th- I think it it uh it shows. Just a just a s- cultural nervousness uh, in the West, I think, of this like yellow horde becoming too self-aware. Because once you become self-aware, then you start uh, adopting solidarity. And once once you adopt solidarity, that's a lot of yellow motherfuckers. <laughs> and you know, uh, some of them something got nukes and stuff. And I think that def- and I think that fucking scares them. So they they, they you know Asian like it's it's a pointless. Uh, and then it creates all those confusion and stuff so yeah that's why that's why i like the term yellow hell if you don't like the term yellow uh pick another color i really don't care (laughs) tan you know maybe tan is a bit more is a bit more accurate um you know some people just don't like the color yellow i don't know why it's a beautiful (laughs) color um yeah that's my stance
0: Mm. i don't have a strong stance but i would have to think about it more (laughs) even if bernie gets elected you know um, it doesn't change the fact that, like, capitalism in my mind serves uh, our human nature like the most accurately, right? Yeah,
1: I mean, like, based on all the obstacles that are being thrown in his path by his own party right now, I really do think his presidency would be quite chaotic. He'd be fighting like two two parties at the same time.
0: Yeah, I don't even know why people like Bernie so much because, like. I I I like his idea, but I don't know if people are really ready for what he's
1: saying. I you would know? say ready or not, all the <laughs> other ways have failed. Until you can provide a better alternative, um, you give him a shot. That's my attitude. He's earned it. Um, and hell, if you don't like him and he turns, it turns out not to work, then then you get to you get to crow afterwards. But right now i'm not buying this like biden continuing the obama ism bullshit well yeah i
0: don't see the point we already yeah if we wanted that we would have already had it after you yeah know, in 2016 but i mean it's it'll be nice it would be nice. it'll be, it'd be interesting it's it, i just don't know if you'll be able to execute it i think there'll just be a lot of resistance um but i mean you you, you see europe right now like I mean, things are changing there, too, you know, especially in, like, in the UK, right? And mm-hmm. even northern, like, everything is going a little bit more conservative.
1: I would right, say. right. So wouldn't it be nice uh, for America to buck that trend? And I, you know, uh, we, we're always, like, critical of America, especially on this pod. But if that happens, you know, we we would have to say, you know what, uh, based on the trends in the world, uh, America, you stepped up and you, you <laughs> de- de-Trumped yourself and maybe other countries can follow.
0: Like we're overcorrecting.
1: Uh possibly, yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess did we start I don't think we started, but it definitely like after Trump you had um well, obviously you got Boris Johnson, you've got those crazy people in Italy, <laughs> whatever uh I forgot their names. Um you've got you got other people. So America wasn't the first, but it's definitely like the biggest. So maybe maybe we got to like we got to lead the other way and and swing it back.
0: I mean, what what, what are most Asian Americans leaning towards? Like, is it Bernie or is it...
1: Well, Asian Americans are very dependably democratic nowadays. I think... Well, the thing is, we haven't even gone to an Asian American state yet. And California is coming up on Super Tuesday. I think Bernie has a sl- slight lead among Asian Americans. Um, I could see a lot of Asian Americans also supporting someone like Biden, just out of, like, fondness for, for Obama and stuff. But I haven't look too closely at it yeah all right maybe next uh next pod we we we, i'll watch some (laughs) gasper gaspar noe noe uh, movies and we we can talk about it sounds good right
0: yeah thanks for having (laughs) me on
1: all right all right thanks uh that was nate chan everyone um thank you for listening to this episode of escape from plan a and we will catch you next time bye everyone